You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. Hello, this is your host, Abraham. And this is Shane. So welcome to Why We Do What We Do 2020 edition. Bam! bam. <laughs> What's the theme for 2020? We don't know yet. That's the future. Yeah, that's the future. This episode should be coming out on January 1st. So happy New Year's to everyone who is probably hungover, but hopefully feeling okay enough to listen to a podcast. And hopefully our voices are not so shrill that it's a problem for when you're hungover. Yeah, I'll tone it way down and just get quiet and close to the mic so it doesn't hurt your headache. Do you need anything? Do you need any crackers? Do you need a good breakfast? <laughs> that's right. Would you like a tofu scramble? We make we both make a mean tofu scramble, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's great hangover food. <laughs> so go get your, your hangover food, pop in your headphones. You already did because you're listening to this. So hope you're feeling good. Hope you're feeling great. Maybe this will be like the least listened to on launch day episode ever. Just <laughs> Or the most but, because everybody's at home and they're tired and there's nothing better to do. That's fair. So we should try and keep it light and rambly. Yeah, But quick housekeeping things, we are still doing our survey that is going on for just trying to get to know our listeners, asking questions about how you found the podcast, how often you listen to the podcasts, things like that. You don't necessarily have to be a member or have subscribed or anything to participate in the survey. We're really just trying to get an idea of who's out there, who is receiving me right now besides Shane. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, so there's a link to that survey in the show notes. And if you fill out the survey, then you will get a sticker in the mail for sure. If you give us your address and you want to have a sticker and you'll get entered into a raffle to win a free shirt. And we haven't necessarily decided on an end date for this round of surveys. I'm kind of thinking we might shoot for February. So maybe we'll continue this on through January. That'll be about four or five-ish months. Maybe we should go for six months. We'll go beginning of March, but somewhere in February or March, I think we'll close this round of surveys. So you have until then to fill this out, to get entered for a free shirt and really help us out. Yeah. I mean, and the idea, just so that everybody's aware is like, we want to make the show better for you all. So if there's, you know, how yeah. did you find out about us? So we can kind of get an idea of where to better market and, and push out episodes, but also just kind of what you want to hear about and what you want to know about and, you know, and, and feedback for us. Cause that's super helpful for, to make the show better for you in the long run. Yeah. We enjoy this little project of ours and hope that you do too, and would like to make it as good as it could possibly be. So other thing to do here. Oh, I just wanted to make sure that if you haven't already, that you please consider subscribing to the podcast just to make sure that you don't miss any episodes that we come out with. And it just makes our numbers look really good when we have all these subscribers. So we enjoy that. And if you know anyone who would like a little psychology in their life, please consider letting them know about our podcast. Yeah. Just get some more people out there who might want to learn something about the stuff that we talk about yeah for sure just a uh, word of mouth is such a great great tool so please yeah share share where you can rate us where you can you know that's that's all super helpful to get the word out perfect okay ready to transition to our topic for today yes let's do this okay so what i wanted to do here is i thought about a lot of questions that i hear questions that i have questions that i think about sometimes and these are sort of short specific questions or topics that I had a hard time justifying, like, let's make this into an entire episode because there was not necessarily a lot of research sometimes, or it was just too small of a topic to really warrant like a full length discussion, except in the context of something else. And so I kind of felt like it would be fun to just list as many of the questions as I come up with or that I think about or that I hear 
and just try and go through them one by one and give some plausible explanations for why people do what they do. Yeah. So this episode is going to be kind of like a fun little grab bag. Exactly. I love it. I was also thinking that this might be sort of an exercise in perspective taking and kind of a little bit some like self-reflection on our own judgments of people. And when we find that we are looking at something that someone's doing or hearing about it or thinking about it or whatever, and having the judgment of, man, that's stupid. Why would you do that sort of thing? Well, there actually is probably a reason and maybe even a really good reason. And it's, I think, useful to just sometimes sit down and reflect on what that reason might be. And just thinking about from that person's perspective, what was going on in that situation that they made that decision that you're looking at and thinking is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I always try to remind myself that I'm always the villain in somebody else's story somewhere. Oh, you know, I like that. That's not to say that I'm a villain, <laughs> you know, but that I, well. uh, I have recently learned that I'm the villain of a podcast of this podcast. So <laughs> if we do have that dichotomy, but when you kind of like take a step back and you realize that you have probably done something here or maybe not even realize that you've done one of these things and somebody else has probably said, like, why would that person do something stupid? Like, why would they do something like that? It's really easy, like when it when it impacts us to make that decision or like make that call. But we have probably done that to somebody else, too. That's the thing that I always try to think of is like, I'm all I, I am the villain in somebody else's story somewhere like we all are. Very good point. Okay, so we're going to give some possible situations here and then we're going to give some possible explanations to the situation just to try and and do that thing that we just mentioned, you know, bring a little bit of context to it, do a little bit of analysis. So basically we're going to armchair the crap out of these topics. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right. So I did prepare some possible explanations when thinking about this, but I want to try and do this without really thinking about some canned answers. Cause I think there's a good way to do this sort of logical walkthrough of these scenarios without necessarily having to march through someone else's decision tree about it, if that makes sense. So let's just start with the first one. And I found myself wanting to write a lot about driving. (laughs) 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 So I tried to steer, pun unintended, away from (laughs) that topic too much, but there are definitely some of them, including this first one. And the first one is, why do people park outside the lines in a parking lot or in otherwise really inconvenient ways. Why do people do that sort of thing? Oh, so I will say this is something that my I started carrying around chalk in my car to draw the lines around the cars that would do that. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? No, I did. I did for a little bit carry around chalk and I would actually draw the lines where they parked versus what the actual lines were to be like, oh, here's the actual parking spot, which is That's so funny. like snarky <laughs> so like it is it's like so much energy for something that like i never get a payoff i never get to see that person react to that right i don't yeah. know i just i will say that why so why do people do that my first reaction and this is probably relevant to me is that maybe they got a new car and they haven't learned how to drive it well yet yeah it's entirely possible that's what happens to me you know i have a minivan which i listen to like super heavy metal in when i drive which is super cool nice and then so when i when i don't know how to drive it like it's a it's a weird odd shape for me to drive i've never driven a minivan so like having to park it is a pain in the butt fair that's a good point another one i was thinking of is that they might be in a really big hurry and so they're not necessarily concerned about where the lines are because it feels like whatever their motivation is is so pressing that their their main object in that moment is get out of the car, which means throw the car wherever it needs to go so they can get out of the car quickly. 
And so that might be what's going on for them is it's just like we, my priority right now is staying inside the lines. My pr- is not staying inside the lines. My priority priority is getting to the thing I need to get to. Another one that I would think of too would be like, maybe if you go to like a grocery store, there's probably a shopping cart wedged some way in that parking spot. And that was the only one. And so you have to park around that, that shopping cart. Such a good example. Love that. That definitely happens. It happens all the time. And there's like that one spot is the only thing that's available anywhere that you can see. So it's sort of just, well, I got to get in here, I guess. It's just going to look weird. And then the guy that comes to get the cart takes the cart before somebody else can see it. So now nobody believes that there was a cart. (laughs) Or at least has no idea why you parked the way you did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think similar to yours is that there might be someone who they just are really, they have a hard time parking. They struggle at having the perspective of where their car at is in relation to the lines and it's just a skill deficit for them they're working on. I'm especially thinking of newer drivers or even way older drivers, but people who, for whatever reason, that is a skill that is difficult for them. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was first driving, I had a hard time orienting because I was driving myself, right? And I'm the driver and I'm, I was driving with myself in the middle of the lane instead of organizing the car to be in the middle of the lane, right? Like, so I should have been closer to that middle line, but I'm driving literally in the middle of the lane. My body's in the middle of the lane. So got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I couldn't orient well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could very well be what's going on for some people. Another couple is just think about for those people. It's easy. It's fast. It's convenient. You know, it could also be that they were distracted. Maybe didn't notice like these are some common things that are likely to occur. And so just think about, okay, that person was distracted. If they hadn't been distracted, they probably would have parked correctly. Or like for them, it seemed like this is the easiest, most convenient thing to do. There's not really any consequence for me doing it. May as well just park there because that'll be, it doesn't require any additional effort on my part. Right. And and it's possible they're not fluent, right? I mean, that's just, maybe they have a skill breakdown. Maybe they're missing some skill in their, in their repertoire. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's our next one, Shane? All right. So our next one is why do people cross the road without looking? (laughs) I love this one. My first one is Pokemon Go. (laughs) Yes. And actually, the reason that I thought about this was because I just recently witnessed like a teenager walking across a busy road, looking down at their phone the entire time. And I was watching them kind of shock and awe thinking like you could die at any second right now. Like this, you're not even crossing at a place where there's a crosswalk or lights. Like you're just walking it through a road. And yeah, it just, it occurred to me that someone would look at that and think, wow, that's so stupid. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Well, what was it? 2016 when Pokemon Go came out, right? Or Something like that. So whatever yeah. year that was, like there were so many accidents. People would like trip and fall into pits and like walk yeah. into traffic and stuff because they were so distracted. And that's probably, that would be my main thing. It's like, they're just, they're distracted. They're, they're not paying attention to what they're doing. Yeah. I think distracted is a very good explanation for this. Another one I was thinking of is that for them, they've never, they've never been in a situation like that where they've actually had any kind of lasting damage caused to them. Like there's never been a consequence that was any kind of aversive consequence for doing that. So for them, it's sort of like there is no nothing that they have ever learned about that situation to tell them that that was not the right thing to do. Well, it's like that whole like teenagers are invincible phenomenon, right? Like teenagers have no sense of like natural consequence because they've never contacted it. Right. Yeah. I can sort of get out of any situation or it'll be fine, whatever it is, because like bad things just don't happen to me. Yeah. It'll never happen to me. I mean, I've, I always have uh, when I work with like new technicians on a case they'll be like oh he likes me he'll never hit me i'm like you just wait yeah it's not like just it's you say it'll never happen to you and it is very possible that it will Uh, another one i was thinking of is the fact that 
they may not know what the actual rules are in terms of crossing. Like they, that person may have never learned. You're supposed to look both ways. You're supposed to use a crosswalk. You're supposed to cross when there's not traffic, you know, yeah. for them, it's just sort of like, well, people probably aren't going to hit me. So I'll just, I need to get over there. I may as well just cross the road right here. If you don't know the rules, or at least you don't know them very well, or you're not sure of the rules, then you're just going to do whatever makes the most sense to you at the moment. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who was very, like, incredibly, they would follow the rules to such a T that it was a problem. Yeah. And it made, it always made me kind of laugh a little bit because when they would watch somebody else not follow a rule, they would get super stressed out. And not super stressed yeah. out in like a bad way, but they would, like, they would like, like be really dramatic about it. So that always made me laugh. So what I would do is when I was with this friend, I would cross roads, not in crosswalks, and do that. Like I would definitely look, but I would cross the road in, in a space that I wasn't supposed to, and they would just absolutely lose their cool. You were trolling your own friend? I was, always. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I was thinking about is that this person might be in a hurry and believe that they'll be fast enough that it won't be an issue and assume that generally the people around them will stop for them because they're supposed to, so... Sort of like, I, I need to get over there. I need to get over there quickly. It's going to take me too long to go to this crosswalk or to go to this light or whatever and get across the road. I'm just going to cross right here and people are going to stop because they have to. Right. And I don't know if you know this, but in Florida, pedestrians have the right of way. So a pedestrian could walk across the road and cars are technically supposed to stop. Yeah. At, anyway, if there is a crosswalk and a pedestrian crosses, like we have to stop. I believe that's true in Nevada, maybe most places, but yeah, absolutely. That that's. That's something I'm familiar with. And I think another one is related to the one I just said is just they believe they're going to be safe enough. But, you know, I'm thinking also one thing that occurred to me is like people who they have trouble getting around in general. I've seen some places in neighborhoods where they're low income neighborhoods. There's not a lot of infrastructure, so there aren't a lot of crosswalks for them to cross at. And if they are, they're just really out of out of the way relative to where they need to be. So these people will just, they'll try and cross the road wherever they can because it's really hard for them to get around very much. And there's just not a lot of options for them. And so they're just sort of thinking, I have to get over there. This is the best way for me to get over there. That's that'll allow me to do this given my circumstance and my disability. Shortcuts. Exactly. All right, I have another one, which is why do people ask questions and then not even listen to the answer when they get it? Have <laughs> uh, you ever had this happen to you? Uh, I feel like I this is one I do struggle with. Like I do struggle with this when it does happen to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, I because li- I can't stand repeating myself. Yeah. So I, I have a really hard time with that. I'm like, this is what I just said. Repeat it back to me. I have a teenager that will ask me a question and then ask the same question like 10 minutes later. And I'm like, I literally just told you that. And so it is, I, you know, and so I just attribute it to my teenager just doesn't care about anything that I say, no matter what it is, even if it benefits her, (laughs) but that's not a really great explanation for anything. Sorry. What'd you say? (laughs) 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 Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Were you just talking? I know that I've actually done this too, where I asked a question and then it just immediately tuned out. And it was even though I wanted to know the answer, but I've had this happen to me a lot. And then I was thinking of the, that's that skit on Zoolander where he's like, but why male models? And David Duchovny gives this long answer and immediately afterward he responds, but why male models? <laughs> he's like, are, are you serious? I, I literally just explained that. That's what I've been talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's exactly that's the phenomenon. It, it's just mm. I, I've done it too. I know I've done it too. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be on some kind of like perfect listening pedestal. Sure, 
All right, so why might this be the case? Well, one thing that might happen here is that you ask a question and then immediately after you ask it, you start thinking about how you phrase the question and then you're like distracted by yourself because you're thinking, wait a minute, did that question make sense? Is that what I wanted to get across? Maybe I should have said it this way and that would be more clear. Did I say this thing here? Did I say this other thing that I was afraid I was going to say? And while you're thinking about that, you're getting the answer. <laughs> and so by the time you've gotten your answer, you're you tune it back into the conversation and go, wait, what? And then you maybe even ask the question again or just walk away because you now have realized, oh, I completely missed the answer that I was trying to get. So that might be one thing that happens. I could see that happening with somebody who's like, they ask the question and they feel stupid for asking the question. Yeah. And then they like beat themselves up over asking the question. And then they have to ask the question again because they didn't get the answer. And so now it's just worse. It like, right. That's, oh, anxiety. I love when that happens. <laughs> Another one that I would say is like maybe they kind of, maybe they get the answer before they like before they even finish the question. Right. And they don't want to stop that person from saying like, oh no, no, actually I figured it out. Never mind. Yeah. And some people don't do that. And so they'll they'll not listen and then and then they just don't really even hear the answer, but they don't acknowledge that they got the answer anyway, or that they, they don't they don't acknowledge that they didn't listen to that person. Right. Yeah. I think one that I'm particularly likely to do if I were to do this. I don't think that I do this very often, but in the cases where I think that I am likely to fail to listen to the question or the answer to the question that I just asked is that I'll ask the question and then immediately be thinking about what possible answer I might get. And while I'm thinking about that, I'm getting an answer and I don't actually listen to what it is. Yeah. I think that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's why I stopped asking questions. <laughs> I don't ask any questions anymore because, <laughs> because I'll do that. I think the thing is, is like, I, I, I don't think that I ask questions a lot, but when I do, I try to be very intentional about the questions that I ask. So I have a hard time with this one, but yeah, I mean, if I've got other stuff going on, like if I've got other stressors, then I might ask a question. I might ask somebody how they're doing and I might not hear a word they said because my mind is definitely somewhere else. Like I've got other larger stressors going on. Yeah. I think that for a lot of people, that's going to be it is that you either are distracted by something else or something else becomes immediately more important or whatever is going on that you you ask a question and you just you've got a lot going on. And so even though and it might even be the case that it's not one of those throwaway questions like, how are you? It's like a legitimate question you legitimately need an answer to. But you are so distracted and thinking about these other things that you are no longer actually engaged with that person and, and the question that they're answering. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So another question, another thing that people do. Right. That sometimes people think is stupid. Yeah. Right? Is why do people put things in the trash instead of recycling? And they've like gone out of their way. Some of the waste management people to make it so that you have single stream recycling. So you don't have to separate them anymore. And it's like right next to the trash. So if there was the opportunity to throw something in the trash, you could just throw it three inches to the right and the recycling. And yet you'll see people just throw it in the trash anyway. And yeah, it's not necessarily th this is something stupid, but that you might look at that and just think, why, why <laughs> yeah. did you do that? And I mean, I think one of the most obvious ones that jumps out to me is that they don't know the rules about recycling. They don't know if the thing that they're throwing away is recyclable or they might have some information that makes them believe that it's not recyclable or they don't know the difference between trash and recycling. And so they're just going to throw it in the hole that is in front of them. So like they just don't really know, you know, that's what I'm thinking is probably one thing that's likely going on. I think too, like maybe they just didn't have a lot of experience with recycling growing up, or maybe that wasn't part of their learning history. So you have somebody who has never experienced recycling processes in their lives. 
And then now they're expected to recycle as an adult and it just doesn't come naturally because it's a, it's a behavior change, right? Like it's a behavior change. that's kind of a difficult, not, I wouldn't say difficult, but it is a behavior change in itself. And sometimes that can be difficult for people. Yeah. And I mean, just thinking about that, they don't really know the importance of recycling or like the goals of recycling. They don't necessarily have the values of that. This is something that one should do because it cuts down on things that end up in, in landfills and whatnot that's just not something that might be very present for them and so you know again it's just not that's never been made important so why would you expect them to do it yeah yeah or maybe they just don't know what's recyclable right like so i i struggle with that sometimes where uh you have something that is like technically it's supposed to be recyclable but because it's got a certain number it can't be recycled in your area right like have you experienced that yeah yeah absolutely and that can be frustrating. Like right now where I live, they don't recycle glass. So, and they did last year. Oh. So now we're having to change our entire recycling process because now I can't, they don't recycle glass anymore in our area. Hmm. And then another one I was thinking about was just that people might have some very specific sort of preconceived notions about, about recycling generally thinking about, okay, well, you know, recycling just ends up in the landfill. So what's the point of trying to do it? Or like recycling is bad for the environment because they have to like ship it to the recycling plant and where it gets all broken down. And that's all this energy that's being burned. You may as well just harvest the raw materials. I don't know. Like I'm just thinking that someone might have some information or misinformation about what recycling is and how it works and therefore choose not to do it. Yeah. Which is going to bring us to one of our questions later about conspiracy theories. Ha <laughs> ha. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think the idea too, is just that you know, people just, they have their, their own like perspective on it. Right. Like they just, I go back to like, what was it? Penn and Teller. They did like a, like a, like a series on stuff. Yeah. I can't remember what the series was called, but they did one. They talked about recycling and how like in that bit of information, which I usually like Penn and Teller, but in that bit of information, they made the argument that recycling was actually worse for the environment. Mm. Something along those lines. There's something There's something about like the waste that came from recycling was worse. And it's like, well, okay, that's one bit of information. We need more data and more evidence. But people probably took that and were like, got it. Mm-hmm. I think you're talking about the show and I'm going to borrow from the show, The Good Place now to avoid swearing, but they called it bullshit, but not shirt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Was the show. Yeah, sort of the myth-busting show. I, I really like that show, but yeah, there were a few things in there that maybe didn't work as well, and I think that they've changed their position on those things, but the episode's out in the world, so what are you going to do? Yep. All right, back to traffic, shall we? <laughs> yes, back to traffic. So, the next question is, why do people slow down to look at accidents? And I was thinking, you know, f- of framing this in terms of why do people slow down when they're driving, but this is all- also relevant if you were on a bicycle or even walking and or whatever it is. So why, why do people stop and sort of gawk at these things when they happen? My gut reaction to this would be that I want to know why I want to know why something's getting in the way of me getting to where I need to go. Like what's preventing me from doing what I need to do? Yeah. And I mean, that one's even kind of testable because you got to think, let's say that the flow of traffic continued and there was an accident off to the side. Would you slow down to look at it in that instance? So I personally wouldn't, but other people would, I think. Yeah, I also don't think that I would. I would look at it as I pass by, but I don't think that I would change my speed or or like try and get a good look at it. I would just notice that it was there. And I think that I have actually experienced that where traffic didn't really change as a function of an accident because there was like enough shoulder room that it was way off to the side. Yeah. And just sort of kept up the pace. And so I think that you're right that that is one thing to know is like, 
okay, I had a plan for how long it was going to take me to get here. This is now taking way longer than it was supposed to. What's going on? And then, well, now you want to know why. Yeah, exactly. I want want an explanation. Another common one, I think, is I often think about novelty. And there is this, like, something out of the ordinary is happening. Because if you imagine whenever you're driving somewhere, there's always, like, 15 accidents between point A and point B. After a very short period of time, and you're going to stop looking at those accidents and thinking, I wonder what's going on here. You know, if that was just your norm, then that wouldn't be something that would really draw your attention any longer. But because it's something that's relatively out of the ordinary compared to your normal experience, then it's this novel spectacle sort of thing you're more interested in looking at. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for sure. And I think that kind of like piggybacking on that novelty piece, like I think people want to see like even further, like kind of what can happen, right? Yeah. So like, you know, okay, so this is what happens. I'm driving 70, 80 miles an hour on this highway, 70 miles an hour, most places, right? So we're going to, we speak to law-abiding citizens <laughs> and you see somebody who was in an accident traveling on that same road. Like this is what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly one that would be the case. Another one is if you're worried that you, you might know who it is. Or you might want to see if it's someone that you're familiar with. And I mean, that's probably especially relevant in smaller towns. But even if it's on a route that you just know a lot of people take that similar route as you, you might think, oh, I hope that's not someone that I know. And even if you live in a big city, you might even think that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like you want to make sure, especially like if you if you live in an area where you know a lot of people, you want to make sure it's not somebody you know. Yeah, probably the closer you get to your destination or the closer you are to a place where you feel like you know the kind of people who would be driving on that road that's going to be even more a value as you, you think you know who it is yeah and then to the other end of that spectrum like some people just like seeing wreckage yeah some people just like seeing that kind of stuff i don't think that that's the majority of people but there are some people that are like "Ooh, look at that look at that busted fender like oh that tire is not working anymore like you know like you know they're just the tire not the rest of the car but no i mean like people like to see damage they like to see wreckage they like to see chaos and so you know maybe that's something too i think that is kind of part of that novelty piece but i bet that that's especially true when you have like a really nice car if it's like a lamborghini or like a tesla or a porsche or something that is a car that's renowned for being really really nice and you see it just absolutely shredded on the side of the road that's much more of a spectacle than seeing like a ford siesta or fiesta whatever it's called yeah right yeah <laughs> there's probably two, both of those yeah <laughs> it won't happen to the cyber truck though there you go that's right yeah things too tough too can't tough. even break the window <laughs> Ooh, ooh, awkward <laughs> <laughs> And then one more I was thinking about is just that you might, there might be some rule that someone has that they think that they're supposed to slow down when there's an accident nearby and that maybe even it looks bad if they don't slow down or it looks like they're maybe doing something they're not supposed to be doing if they drive too fast past an accident. So they might, you know, just think that there's some reason that they're supposed to. And that's, that's what they're, they're actually following the rules by doing that. Yeah. So any, any number of reasons why somebody might slow down. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now, why? Do people go use the restroom or the water closet, depending on where you're listening from, and then fail to wash their hands afterward and leave all covered in their own grime? Because people are disgusting. (laughs) No, I, okay. So I will say that I've been in some pretty grimy bathrooms. I think both of us have probably been in some pretty, pretty grimy bathrooms, just being like in bands on the road. Yeah. And sometimes I would rather have the grime on my hands. Then touch what is, whatever is in that sink. 
Yeah. Like the bathroom itself is dirtier than your hands could ever be. Uh, yes. Oh, for sure. I was just in New York not too long ago and had to use a restroom somewhere. I It was like a McDonald's, but it wasn't like a public. And it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And wow. there's no way I, I went in and I was like, I would rather hold it. I'd rather risk a bladder infection. than deal with this. <laughs> so maybe that's it. Yeah, absolutely. This is actually interesting because I sort of had as a potential reason for this, the opposite of that. Like they don't know the importance of hygiene and yours. It's like, they're so aware of the importance of hygiene that <laughs> they, they realize the bathroom <laughs> is not the place to practice that. But, but I, I do think there are people who legitimately don't know that it, if you're in a clean bathroom, it's important to like wash your hands before you touch things when you are covered in your own stuff. Yeah. And when you touch other things that are covered in stuff and the kind of chemical soup that results from that. I know that I like, I've seen people like, you know, like I, I even like for those of you who can't see, I just scratched my nose with my pinky. Like I'm trying to do as little damage as I possible from a hygienic standpoint. But even then, like, unless I go out and wash my hands when I'm done with this, like now I've got some kind of grime on my hands. So like, I don't like, sometimes I don't even think about it. Right. And to that point, I think that one of the reasons is that, you know, it doesn't seem like it's, it's really a big deal. Like you don't feel like your hands are really dirty enough to warrant actually washing your hands. So like, well, I wasn't like, I, w- I wasn't urinating directly onto my skin. So, you know, I just holding all my clothes in place for the most part and then flush the toilet. So like, I didn't really get them dirty. What's the point in washing them? Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess like circumstantially logical, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's not correct logic, by the way. No, it's <laughs> yeah, not correct logic. No. Yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not good logic. Another one I would think of too is like the bathroom is just busy. Like if you've ever been in like the Atlanta airport, right? It's a very busy airport. Yeah. So, you know, you might not be able to get up to the sink to wash your hands in a timely way and you have to leave because your flight's about to go. Yeah, I mean you're in a hurry. You gotta get out of there as quickly as possible. There are sort of hierarchies of importance here, and emptying your bladder is the utmost important, and washing your hands is somewhat further down the list than getting on the plane. Exactly. Or whatever else might be the circumstance that has you rushing to get out of the bathroom as quickly as possible. So all right, let's change gears a bit of why do people believe conspiracies? And now this one's a little bit tricky because we kind of need some caveats in here in terms of like there are conspiracies that are legitimate that exist. They usually involve a small number of people. But this one's sort of speaking to more why do people believe these sort of grand conspiracies that involve whole governments and thousands or tens of thousands of people. And there's like this whole world order that is controlling reality and whatnot, flat earth and that sort of thing. Where does that come from? Lizard people. Lizard people, yeah. Lizard people is one of my favorite ones right now. The moon being a moon base for the <laughs> lizard people is a fantastic one. Before I get into this, because I because I could we could probably do like several episodes on conspiracy theories. One of my favorite things ever is that somebody asked Jeff Goldblum recently on have you seen his new show? No. Oh, he, uh, he's on the uh, Disney Plus show, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. What the, somebody asked him what they, if if dinosaurs ever existed, which is great to ask Jeff Goldblum. And he goes, I'm going to put this as politely as I can. Those people who believe that they didn't exist are incorrect. <laughs> and like, he was so polite about it. And I was like, oh, that's so great. Like, so Jeff Goldblum was on, on the side of science. I think the biggest thing about conspiracies is that a lot of times it, this is a sweeping generalization, I would say, but I think that people lack critical thinking skills sometimes. Like they can't dig into the facts that they've found, they can't find the proof. They can't find the things that make the most sense for that. Like you said, like these conspiracies that involve tens of thousands of people keeping a secret. There's no way. Yeah. There's just no way. And uh, someone's going to crack. 
someone's going to crack somewhere. And, and that's to me is like, just even just like, just simple rationale. I think people have a hard time with that and not because they're stupid. I just think they have a hard time because I've met plenty of people who are brilliant people who believe in conspiracy theories. Right. So it's just a matter of like, they can't, they can't like parse that out. I think that there is some amount of motivated reasoning that could be going on here. And we talked about this in a previous episode and this is this idea that you kind of are looking for things to confirm your ideas about this. And so you are more likely to ignore evidence that contradicts your thoughts in this and you're likely to confirm evidence and you don't necessarily know that you're doing this, but you want to believe that something is true. And so you look for all the evidence that you can to ensure that you are right. You're cherry picking facts to fit your narrative or some facts and not others. Like you're, you're refusing to believe some other things. Like what's that? There's a guy near somewhere near you that built a rocket, right? I don't know about this. Uh, he tried to build a rocket to show that the earth was flat. Oh yeah. 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 I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so there, there are people that do that, but I mean, sometimes like the conspiracy theories make rational sense. Like it, all you have to do and this is, this, I just did this the other day and it even convinced me, even though I don't believe it. I had a moment where I was like, oh, maybe that's the case. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. If you look at anything regarding the Mandela effect, mm-hmm. the Mandela effect, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you look at that, like the idea that in 2012, we got sucked into a black hole because of the super collider and nobody knows and the world is steadily degrading since 2012. <laughs> like everybody has this general feeling that things have gotten worse over the last couple of years. <laughs> Right. Like, so, and then like you get into like the Berenstein bears and all that. Like you, I have a moment where I was like reading this. I was like, I kinda, I kinda buy into that. And I was like, no, nope. That's, there's no, there's no proof. There's no rational sense of that. I had to stop myself too. Cause it was pretty, the argument was pretty convincing. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly it. I think that you said that you, when you hear the same story enough times, when you hear all the logical things, because you can sort of wrap any narrative that you want around anything. And if you can just tie the pieces together with that narrative, then it starts to feel like, well, that could be the case. And so I think that there are people who get caught in that, that narrative of like, here's this explanation for this and this explanation for this. And that's why this is the case. And you hear that enough, you start to think, maybe I'm wrong about this. You know, I think there were people that I'm very close to who've, I think are very smart people who firmly believe that the moon landing was a hoax. And it was just so interesting to see them like, well, why haven't we gone back since that? I said, we did like four times. Yeah. <laughs> There's been like a dozen more, more people on the moon. <laughs> and like, well, and you know, they always have these, these reasons about what it is and just sort of, they got wrapped in that narrative of people spinning a story that does make sense that and it was a plausible story. You know, it just, it was just incorrect. Well, and I think that's exactly it. My, the moon landing one is my favorite. It's like one of my favorites because it's like the one thing they talk about where there's staples in the in the astronauts' feet. Okay. Because they were like models. They were like toy models okay. designed by Disney. Because <laughs> Disney was involved in the moon landing. Why not? But they were involved in some Nazi propaganda stuff. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, not far off, you know? So that's where it's like, that's where the conspiracy theory stuff gets convincing. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, if they can tie something real to something not real, then it makes that thing that's not real seem more plausible. Oh, for sure. And then another one that I actually observed when I was watching that Flat Earth documentary is that there are people who are part of that community that once they're part of that community, 
they get a major benefit from being there. Like they get a lot of attention. They get a lot of notoriety. They get some sort of fame status. People know who they are. They get talked about a lot. And then they also find themselves in a position where they have a lot of pressure to agree because of how high they've risen. They've had, they have a long way to fall. And so if they were to dissent from that position, like they would have a lot of people very angry at them. And so they sort of feel like I couldn't turn back even if I wanted to at this point. Yeah. I'm too far in. Exactly. And I did think there's a sense here too of, it's almost like this is the safer position to take is to believe this conspiracy because if I'm wrong or like, let's say that I don't believe this conspiracy, but it finds out that it's true, then I've been duped this whole time. So if I believe in the conspiracy, then it's like, I'm on the, I'm on the inside, I'm on the no. And I, I get to look good because I'm right about this big conspiracy sort of thing. Whereas it's kind of funny because it's like you are adopting a position that is wrong and therefore don't look good, but you don't, you don't think about it that way necessarily. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like that ultimate benefit, right? Like when, when, when the robot overlords come to take, take over, <laughs> you know, I'm on the side of good. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So let's change gears a little bit. Pun intended. Why do people wait indefinitely in parking lots for a person who is loading their car to leave their spot? <laughs> I feel like this is already a, a peeve of yours. I I had to include this. <laughs> Again, I tried not to do too much in the way of traffic, and I don't think there's any more traffic after this one, but I, I tried to scatter these around a little bit. But, okay, this is a peeve. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to practice some perspective taking here. For one thing, if you wait for someone to finish loading their car, then you have a guaranteed spot, right? Like someone's not going to sit there and wait behind you, even though you're clogging up the lane and no one can get by you. And people who are also trying to back up might get stuck now because you're in their way. You know that like eventually this is going to be over and I'm going to get that spot as good as a spot as it is or not. And so if, especially in a, a parking lot's full, that's really busy. I'm thinking of Costco or somewhere else, you know, that, if you see someone's load in their car, they're about to leave, you know you're going to get that spot. All is good. So just trying to see it from their perspective there. Of, <laughs> like, if I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry. Like, I don't have to worry. I don't have to keep looking. I have to drive around forever, not even know if I'm ever going to find one. I have found a spot that's going to be available. I'm not going to drive around anymore. I'm going to wait for it to open up. That does get under my skin a little bit. Like, to like, to, there's a degree, right? Like, if I see somebody walking in a parking lot, I've seen people that will follow that person in the parking lot until they get to their car <laughs> and like wait. And I'm just like, there, there are like several spots that you passed on the way to that person. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think part of it too is maybe they think they'll save time. You know, maybe they think that if I wait here, I won't be driving around all over the place to find a parking spot. Yeah. Well, and it's easy. You know, you, if you have found a place where someone's loading to stop moving your car, is a lot easier than driving around trying to keep a vigilant lookout for a possible opening. And like, how many times are you disappointed by that short car that was behind the big car where you thought it was an opening and you get there and there's someone in, in that spot who's just in a small car. And so like, it's very easy to just stop moving and just wait. It is a cue also for relief for the stress of finding a parking spot. Like someone loading the car says, you don't have to stress about this. You don't have to drive anymore. Like you can get out of the situation. And so they sort of stop and went and go, ah, don't have to do that anymore yeah it's no longer a worry now you can worry about the next thing which is parking your car in the lines so that you can go get your <laughs> stuff from the store good good callback <laughs> <laughs> i think one that's actually a really good plausible situation here is that they might be anticipating going let's say they're going into a store because this seems like the most likely scenario here but let's say they're going into a store and they're anticipating buying something that's going to be fairly heavy 
and they want to have their car as close as possible so that they don't have to travel very far with that really heavy, awkward thing. And so they're like, you know what? It's worth it for me to wait here, clog up traffic, do whatever for however long it's going to take this person to move their car if it's in a good spot, because that way I'll be close to where I need the car to be. I could see that. And I could see people too trying to get that best spot because maybe they're trying to be first in line too, right? So if you have somebody, oh yeah, I think of like, we, you know, we're recording this around the time that Black Friday just went through. And so you have people that are waiting in line for days for a deal on something. Right. And if I get that front spot, I'm more likely to get into a good spot in line compared to somebody who parks further away. Well, this is actually taking longer than I thought it was going to take, which is kind of cool. So I think let's go ahead and call it there. We'll split this into two episodes instead of just doing one and come back next week to finish up a few more things of the second half of the 15th thing. So we did eight we have seven more, and we'll get through the rest of those next week in that discussion. Does that sound okay? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Rather than have this drag on to be an hour and a half long episode, we may hit two shorter episodes and a little more manageable to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's fair. I think that makes sense. Cool. All right, then we'll touch on some more take-homes when we actually wrap this up. For now, let's go ahead and transition to some recommendations. Recommendations. Yes. Love it. <laughs> and, and our sweet new jingle that you just heard uh, <laughs> about recommendations. That's really great. Yeah. So I'm just going to do one quick one really fast, which is there's a book. I'm actually not quite done with it, but I'm reading a book right now called The Genius of Birds. And it is this really cool book about that, basically. I mean, the, the, the title kind of says it all, but it goes through a lot of examples of the things that birds do that are kind of amazing and make them maybe not seem like these dumb brainless flying animals that are stupid and we should hate them they're kind of incredible and remarkable and there's some really really interesting examples of some of the amazingly smart things that some birds do and so the author for that is jennifer ackerman and i think it just came out oh i guess it came out in 2016 but yeah kind of a, a cool a very very interesting book just about different birds and the, the things that they do that are very smart. It, it sounds kind of boring, but it's actually really fun and really well written and just a really good book. So that'd be my recommendation. I like it. That's a good one. All right. What do you got? So my recommendation is a TV show. I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, I try to watch something that is going to kind of blow my mind and make me really grab my attention. And so cool. I have been just, I, and I just realized like, I, I just, it's pure joy watching this show for me. And it's the, it's the show called the world according to Jeff Goldblum. I mentioned him earlier. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is a national treasure. If you just watch any interview with him, <laughs> the man is just so unique. Is a is probably a word I would put. Yeah, in, in describing him, I've always liked his movies. But one thing that I always found really interesting is that he's this like multi talented person. Like he's this really great jazz pianist. Oh, no idea. Yeah, he put out a jazz album not too long ago, and it's really good. But the show is all about him just taking a specific topic and talking about it in some pretty unique depths and does provide like a little bit of science behind it. You know, he talks about how dopamine works in a couple episodes and he talks about how like social pressures work in certain situations. Like he did the first episode is about sneakers. It's all about shoes. Wow. And interesting. Yeah. It's like these little 30 minute tidbits. Like it's pretty, the second one's on ice cream. The third one's on tattoos. So he does like just this one topic and he really digs into it. He makes his own ice cream on the ice cream one. And it's like made of like forest berries and like 
weird stuff like that, but really cool. interesting. Like, and then he takes that like hippie ice cream and takes it to a naval base. Uh, <laughs> he's like, ah, it's just it's just really cool. Like, there's like cool little bits of trivia in it too, and it's just like it's funny watching him and kind of like watching his mannerisms around people. And I just, I am like totally. I don't think of anything else when I watch it. I am like fully in on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, the world according to Jeff Goldblum is my recommendation this week. Cool, I like it. Yeah. All right, sweet. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there then. If you would like to reach out to us and ask some questions about why people do stupid things or comment on some stupid things that we talked about and give your own explanation for why you do them or why other people might do them or anything else you have to say about this topic, then you can reach us at info at www.podcast.com. And of course, you can reach us on all the social media platforms. I check the SoundCloud and the email. And then there's like Instagram and Facebook and all that. You can reach out to us. Oh, and Twitter and things that we have people monitoring those. Yeah, reach out. We'd love to hear from people. We'd like to answer your questions. We'll include your recommendations and all of that. So I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for recording with me today. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. This is Abraham. And it's a Shane. We're out. See ya. You've been listening to Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by our amazing patrons. Thank you. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a patron by heading to patreon.com slash podcast. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts or share this episode with your friends. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.podcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is researched and produced by Abraham, Ryan O, Shane, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brassier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day. 